Romans chapter 5 verse 8 For God commended his love towards us In that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us So it's not about what we have done Or what we will ever do It's about his love for us I can boldly tell you That it's not about what you have done It's not about what you are doing It's not about what you will ever do God loves you And you need to realize that because he loves you He will not lead you in what you are going through God, we've been studying the book of Galatians. Uh, we started from chapter 1, and now we've gotten to chapter 3, glory to God. Now, I want you, if you're just joining us for the first time tonight, I want you to go back to my page, scroll backwards, you know, watch chapter 1. Oh my God, my friend and my brother is there. Shalafaju, Baby, God bless you. I love you so much, my brother. You know, so go back to my page, watch chapter 1, watch chapter 2, and watch chapter 3, up to where we are, so that you can and follow you know the flow of the spirit as we study the word of god now let me quickly remind you of this you know these points which are very crucial you know to this particular study number one i told us that the reason why it looks as if there is division in the body of christ it looks as if people are sharing different revelations and the revelations are not coming together and people just conclude that there's confusion in the body of christ is because when we read or when we study or when we preach or teach even as pastors the word of God, we do not do it uh, 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 in context. Glory to God. A lot of people just cherry pick, they just pick the scriptures that they like and they just begin to talk about it without reading that particular scripture in context. If the body of Christ will read the word of God more in context, the confusion is going to reduce. I can assure you that. If we read it in context, then number two, I want you to understand that when the scriptures were compiled together, especially each book of the Bible, they were not originally written in chapters and in verses. The original scroll of the Bible, I mean, were not in chapters and in verses. For example, the book of Galatians that we're studying was a letter written by Paul to the Galatian church by the Spirit of God. The Bible says the men of old old as they were inspired by the Holy Ghost. So this letter was an inspiration of the Holy Ghost by Paul to the Galatian church. Now, when Paul was writing, he was not writing, you know, Galatians. Chapter 1, verse 1, verse 2. Then, he now finished chapter 1. Now say, hey, let me rest too. Then he will continue from chapter 2. Chapter 1, um, verse 1, verse 2. That was not how he wrote it. He wrote a complete letter from beginning to the end. And he wrote it to the Galatian church. That was how he wrote it. So, I want you to understand that whenever you're reading your Bible, it's always crucial, very important, especially when you pick a particular book. Read that particular book from the beginning to the end. Don't just open Galatians and say, today I want to read chapter 4. Now, if you read chapter 4, you may not be able to grasp what the Spirit of God is trying to communicate to the church and to you by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So, understand that. So, as we're doing this study, if you, if you rewind back and go back to my page and watch all the previous chapters, you will see that when we move from chapter 1 into chapter 2, it was a flow. <clears throat> we did not pause. We just, we just read it as a flow like that. Glory to God. We don't, we don't, we don't segregate. It's a letter, complete letter. Glory to God. So right now we are in Galatians chapter three, and we've gotten to verse nineteen. Glory to God. Now, I, like I said, if you're just joining us for the first time, please do yourself a favor. 
go back. Just spend some time. It may be in the middle of the night, maybe for three nights. Watch one one each of those videos so that you'll be able to catch up with where we've got into. Brother Ifani, thank you so much. I see you out there. Glory to God. All right, from verse 19 of the book of Galatians, that's where we are. Now, so that we'll understand how we got to this point, let me read it from verse 18. Yeah, from verse 18. Now, Paul says, For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Now, if you read from the beginning of Galatians chapter 3, where we started, uh, where we read, I think on Sunday, Paul began to abuse the Galatian church. You know, he called them foolish. If you read from some translation, he called them foolish. He called them senseless. He called them thoughtless. When you read from the Amplified Translation. And I told us, if Paul was abusing that particular church that much, whatever it is, he was trying to communicate to them must have been very important for him to have used those adjectives on that particular church. And immediately he stopped abusing them. He now began to talk, began to talk about the works of the law and he began to talk about faith. And I told us that in this era that we live, we live in the era of faith, no longer under the works of the law. The Bible says, "Cause is every man who uh, lives under the works of the law. Glory to God. I mean, you can go back and read all of those things. Now, he now got to a point, he began to talk about Abraham. That God made a promise to Abraham, and that when God made that promise to Abraham, it was before the coming of the law. The law had not yet come when God made the promise to Abraham. God told Abraham, in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. He said, through you and your seed shall all the nations of the... I mean, all of those promises were made to Abraham before the coming of the law. Now, the Bible already established, if you read previous verses, that the coming of the law, 430 years after, cannot disannul the promise. Are you following this? God made a promise to Abraham. Abraham had Isaac. Isaac had Esau and Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. Then he had Joseph. Joseph was sold, went to Egypt. Uh, Joseph later became prime minister. Then all his family came to Egypt. They lived in Egypt. Joseph died. Then there were several generations until a family, a, a, a Pharaoh arose that did not know Joseph. Are you following this? That did not know Joseph and enslaved them. Then they lived in Egypt for 430 years after then in slavery before Moses was raised by God to bring them out of the land of Egypt before the laws were given. Can you see the time frame? Now, the Bible is saying here that the law, the coming of the law years later cannot come and annul the promise that was made to Abraham several years before the coming of the law. So he's now saying in verse 18 that for if the inheritance is of the law, that means if I'm going to be blessed based on the law, you know, the law says thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. And don't forget I told us that the law is more than the Ten Commandments. It's about the 632 laws contained in the ordinances. A woman shall not wear that which pertinent to a man, you know, and all of those things. A man shall not wear garments of diverse sort. A woman shall not come into the congregation of the saint when she's going to a menstrual period. Anything she touches at that time becomes unclean. Even though you're a man, you don't menstruate and you touch what the woman that is menstruating touches, you also become unclean. You know, all of those laws if you fornicate if you commit adultery you'll be stoned to death all of those laws now paul is saying that if the inheritance that means the promise given to abraham if it had to come to me you and i by obeying the law he said then it is no longer of promise 
He said, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. I hope you're following that. Then that is where he now got to verse 19, which we're starting from tonight. He said, then what purpose, what purpose then does the Lord serve? That means then what is the purpose of the law that God gave? What's the purpose of the law? What's the essence of the law? He said it was added because of transgressions. That means the law was added because of transgressions so that man will know between wrong and right. Now, please, if you have the brother, say, Chuko, Pastor Tosin, if you can put up the verse 19 for me, put it up from different translation, the amplified and the message. You know, precisely, I love those translations. It will make it clearer to us. He says that what then is the purpose of the law? He said the law was added because of transgressions. Because so that people will know what is right and what is wrong. Then he now says, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. That means the law was going to be in operation. Oh my God, I love this. Until the seed comes. Now, if you're just joining us tonight, you have missed a lot. Please just go back and watch. But, you know, I will still have to refer back, you know, to some scripture. You know, earlier, I think in verse 16, the Bible says, To Abraham and his seed was the promise made. It didn't say unto seeds. That means it wasn't talking to so many people. It was talking to the seed. That means just one person. Glory to God. Now, he's now saying here in verse 19 that it was added. That means the law was added until the seed should come. That means when that seed, that God made a promise to Abraham, once that seed show up, the law will cease to be in operation. Until the seed come, until the seed should come, whom the promise was made. Now, follow this. He said, and it was appointed through angels by the hand of the mediator. Now, what that is saying is that the law was given to us through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now, it now says in verse 20, Now, a mediator does not mediate for only one, but God is one. Glory to God. Now, look at verse 21. It now says, Is the Lord then against the promises of God? You know, I love these questions. These questions are those leading questions to make these things clearer to us. He's not saying, is the law then against the promises of God? That means all these laws are beautiful. Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do that. Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do this. Glory to God. All those laws are beautiful. Now, if he's not saying that the law is not a criteria for us to receive the promise of God to Abraham, he's not saying, I mean, is the law then against the promises of God? Now look at the answer. He says, certainly not. When verse 21. He said, for if there had been a law given, which could have given life, truly righteousness should have been by the law. Oh, I love this. <laughs> he said, if there was a law that, that was given, that could have given life to the people, he said, then surely righteousness should have been by the law. You remember earlier we talked about righteousness. Paul addressed the issue of righteousness. That our righteousness is not by the law, the works of the law. Our righteousness is by faith. And I define to us what righteousness by the law means and what righteousness by faith is. Righteousness by the law was what was operative in the Old Testament. You have to fulfill all the laws of God. Then when you are done fulfilling all the laws, then they say you are righteous. 
But in the New Testament, which is where you and I live, we are not righteous by the fulfillment of the law. Even though we will obey the laws of God, glory to God, but we are not going to be declared righteous by that. We are going to be declared righteous by faith, which means our righteousness is just going to be strictly and solely by our belief in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, when you understand that the death of Jesus will make no meaning to you, then you will understand what Jesus was saying when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, he did not say, I am a way, which means if he said, I am a way, that means he's giving us options. That means there are other options by which you can get to God. But he said, I am the way. So, without righteousness by faith, you cannot assess God. Glory to God. Now, he now says to us here that if righteousness could have been gotten by the law, he said, I mean, if there was a law that was given, that could have given life, he said righteousness would have been by the law. He said, but the scripture has confirmed, now this is verse 22, but the scripture has confined in all, has confined all on the sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Glory to God. Or oh, I, I wish I can have, you know, these scriptures as I'm going, you know, with other translations. Pastor Tosin, Brother Sechuku, you can help me with that or whoever is out there. Glory to God. That's what he says, but the scripture has concluded that everybody is confined, everybody is assigned, everybody. He said that the promise, now, he says that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. That means the promise of Abraham will be given to those who believe in Jesus Christ alone. Are we still together? Now, verse 23, I want us to move a little bit faster. He said, but before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law. You know, if you read from the old King James, <clears throat> he said, but before faith came, we were kept under the schoolmaster. He used the word schoolmaster. <laughs> you, know, you know, I love that word schoolmaster. Because I, I don't know, I know people are watching, you know, from different parts of the world. You know, from America, you know, from Canada and all of those places. Glory to God. Now, I, I don't know how the school system is, you know, over there. But over here in Nigeria, especially when we're in primary school, in secondary school, you know, when you hear schoolmaster, there's one thing that comes to your mind as a student in this environment that we live in. Should I tell you what, it, what, that, what comes to your mind? King. <laughs> you know, king that they used to flog us. When you hear, schoolmaster is coming, schoolmaster is coming. What comes to your mind is the cane that he holds in his hand. He said, but before faith came, that means before faith arrived, he said we were kept under the schoolmaster by the law. That means the law was a schoolmaster. The law had a whip in his hands. Whenever you break any law, you are whipped. You are whipped. But, until, but all of this happened until faith showed up. Now, he says, let me read verse 23 again to us. He said, but before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, for kept for the law, which will afterward be revealed. That means after, you know, the era of the law, faith was going to be revealed. I hope you are following this. Come on. I need you to type on the screen. Just type, I'm following, Pastor. If you are out there, just type so that I know you're hearing me loud and clear. Just type it on the screen. Pastor, I'm following you. If you have a question as I'm going, you can type it on the screen. You know, I'll, I'll see your question and I'll, I'll be able to answer it. Glory to God. 
Now, look at verse 24. He said, therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. You know what that means? That means the essence of the law was not to... Brother uh, Sokuchi, uh, 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 thank you for that. The essence of the law was not to justify us. The essence of the law was not to save us. The essence of the law was not to give us righteousness. He says, he says, therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. That means the essence of the law was to drive us to Christ. Now, let me, okay. You remember earlier, you know, I'll keep referring to earlier. And the reason why I keep referring to Ella is because, like I told us, when these letters were written, they were not written in chapters and in verse. Paul just wrote a letter. Glory to God. He just wrote a letter. That was what he wrote. Thank you for everybody that is commenting. He just wrote a letter to the church. Glory to God. Now, he says here that the law was a tutor to bring us to Christ. Remember in previous chapters, when I was talking about the law, I told us that, you know, for, for example, when Jesus was saying some things, things like... Um, you know, um, you know, if you look closely as a woman, he said you have committed adultery. That means adultery is not just the, the real act. When you think it is off, you've also done it. Then there was a time also in that same verse, I think in Matthew, when, you know, <clears throat> of Jesus was also saying that when you ate your brother, you have committed murder. So committing murder is not just, um, you know, when I kill, when I ate, I've already killed. So when you look at all of those verses, especially in that particular chapter, you will, look, you will come to a point where you realize that can anybody actually be free from condemnation under the law? I mean, can you really be free? If you say, oh no, I've not slept with another man's wife, or I've not, I've not, oh, but there was a time you saw a woman, you may not even know her, but you just felt like, man, glory to God. At that point in time, Jesus said you've committed adultery already. So when you look at the law critically, you will find out that it's going to be almost impossible. Listen, especially when you understand all the 632 laws contained in the ordinances. You know, I told us, especially in this part of Nigeria, I mean, in, in this part of the world, Nigeria, where we always focus on determining 20, 22 verse 5, a man shall not wear that which pertains to uh, a woman, and a woman shall not wear that which pertains to a man. So a woman that wears jeans is going to go to hell. We focus on that verse 5 alone, but we've forgotten the other laws in the other verses that talks about, you know, you not wearing garment of diverse sorts. Look at me right now. Even me as I'm here, I'm wearing garment of diverse sorts. My shirt, my, my, my dress is made of a material. My singlet is made of another material. I'm putting on a jean. So even I tonight, as this preacher, the one taking you through the word of God, I'm already condemned in the sight of God because I've broken one of the laws of God. A woman or a man should be stoned to death when she commits adultery. I mean, there are so, much, so many of those laws. He's now saying that the essence of those laws that were given is not to save us, is not to give us righteousness, is not to get us into heaven, but to make us realize that, man, it's going to be almost impossible for me to fulfill all the laws of God, so I'm going to need a savior. Oh, my God. <clears throat> I'm going to need somebody to save me. Because by myself, I can't save myself. I'm going to need a savior. So he said, glory to God. Sorry for that interruption. Glory to God. Are we still together? 
Now he says, therefore, the law was at tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Do you see that? He said that we might be justified. The law was meant to drive us to Christ. It was meant to push us to Christ, to make us know we need a Savior. So that we now be justified by faith. Now look at verse 25. He said, but after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. This is what my translation say. But another translation say, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. That means we are no longer under the law. When faith showed up, we stopped being under the law. <clears throat> that means I'm not going to be justified by the law. That means I'm not going to be, I'm not going to make heaven because of the works of the law. I'm going to make heaven by faith. I'm going to be justified in the sight of God by my faith. Glory to God. We are saved by our faith. We are no longer under a schoolmaster. We are no longer under the law. Now look at verse 26. He said, for you all, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. That means we all became the son of God as a result of our faith in Jesus Christ. That means immediately you believe in Jesus Christ, you have become a son of God. <laughs> I love the way John put it. He said, as many as believe in him in John chapter 1, as many as believe in him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. So we become the sons of God because we believe in Jesus Christ. And you know what? I love that song, that new song. It says, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Come on, let me sing it. I am a child. Is it child? I'm a son of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a son of God. So you see, we, we are sons of God. We are privileged to be sons of you know the way John put it in John John two, John two, I mean uh, John chapter two he said behold John John three he said behold what manner of love is this that the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God we are sons of the living God we are sons of the Most High God we are oh my God what the privilege what an honor to be called the sons of God. I am a son of God. You see, you know, you know the interesting thing. You know, God does not have daughters. Praise God. He has sons. Glory to God. We are all sons of God because in the realm of the spirit, spirits don't have gender. Glory to God. We are all sons of God. So either you're a man or a woman, you're a boy or a girl out there, we are all sons of God. Amen. The only differentiation is by our body frame. Your body frame carries that of a woman. My body frame is that of a man. But our spirit has no gender. Oh my God, we're still going to get there. During this study, when Paul began to say to us that there's therefore now no condemnation to... Oh, I mean, <laughs> come on, let's, let's just keep going. We are sons of God. You can type on the screen, I am a son of God. Come on, let me type mine. Let me type mine. I am a son of God. I am a son of God. I am a son of God. That's who I am. You can type yours on the screen. I am a son of God. Yes, my prophet is evolved. We are sons of God. We are seeds of him. Oh my God, brides of Christ. Glory to God. I feel so much excitement tonight. We are sons of God. 
We are sons of I which we are gathered physically. I will have asked you to slap your neighbor a high five and tell your neighbor I'm a son of God. Oh, I, I, I don't know. Maybe you have a neighbor right there in your living room, but I think my wife is here, so I can I can just come on, just just give me a high five here. I am a son of God. We are sons of the living God. We are sons of the Most High. That is who we are, and that is why we cannot be defeated. We cannot be stopped. We cannot be stranded. We cannot. There is no. There is no divination. There is no enchantment that can work against the Son of God. You and I are son of God. We live above fear. We live above above the rudiment of the world. We live above the element of the world. We live above sickness. We live above poverty. We are sons of the living God. Oh, I can. You know, I can stay on that scripture. I can stay on that scripture for for a whole year. <laughs> we are sons of God. We are sons of. I can stay on it for a whole year. I can continue to tell you what what it means to be a son of God. But we need to go on. Now look at what it says in verse twenty six again. He said, "For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus." Now look at verse twenty seven. It gets more interesting. He said, "For as many of you, I believe you are following with your Bible over there." He said, "For." He said, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. <laughs> oh, prophet Yvonne, yes, ma, we're heirs of the kingdom. Now, he says, as many that have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now, he said, let me explain it to you this way. This is the, maybe the best way I always like to explain verse 27. He says, as many that have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That means when you come into Christ, when you become born again, when you become a son of God, you have put on Christ. Amen. Now, you know what that means? The only way, you know, in this part of the world, I don't know about America, I don't know about Canada, but, you know, we have a culture here in Africa, you know, uh, especially when you go to our local tribes, there's something called masculine, glory to God. You know, when you have a masquerade, you know, every masquerade, there's always somebody under the masquerade. Now, everybody in that old town may not know who is under the masquerade because he, uh, somehow it remains a secret to the household that carries that masquerade. But there is always somebody that puts on that masquerade that is underneath it, that is dancing, moving around, going to God. It may even be your next door neighbor, but you may not know. But that person has put on the masquerade. Now, when you see that masquerade outside, you, oh my God, this is becoming beautiful. When you see that masquerade outside, you don't see who is underneath the masquerade. It is the masquerade that is outside that you see. Glory to God. So, when you see, you see that masquerade. Now, you see, the way I've, ex I mean, I'm, that example I've cited for you, I mean, Paul was trying to uh, explain, I mean, was trying to show us what happened to us when we came into Christ. That is, when we came into Christ, just like that man will put on the masquerade and will disappear under the masquerade and you will not see him again. The same way, when we came into Christ, we disappeared into Christ. That means, when you look at me, you don't see me, you see Christ. Oh my God, Yo, can, I, can I tell you this? Now, you see, when you understand this, especially when it comes to spiritual warfare, when it comes to spiritual warfare, when you understand this, every spiritual warfare that rises against you, that rises against you, you will always win it. Oh, I'm telling you, you will always win it. You know why? Because you have an understanding that you're going into spiritual warfare, 
you are not going as yourself. You are going to be appearing there as Christ because you have disappeared totally into Christ. Oh my God. I'm enjoying this. You will always win. You see, the reason, the reason why people don't win spiritual warfare is because when they appear, they appear as themselves. And when you appear as yourself, you see, the enemy... The enemy, the wicked one, the devil, will always have something against you. That means there will always be something you have done wrong or you have not done right. Something somewhere. It may even be in your thought, just like I've been able to establish earlier. So when you appear as yourself, the devil will have something against you. But when you appear as Christ, when you understand that, that I have put on Christ, so when I appear, it is no longer Banjo who is appearing, but Christ that is appearing. When you go into spiritual warfare, oh my God, winning is always guaranteed. Oh, you don't get what I'm talking about. Come on, if you get what I'm talking about, put it on the screen, type it there, tell Type it on the screen. Just let me know. Pastor, I get you. I get you. I get you. I understand what you just said. Type it on the screen. <clears throat> when you go there in spiritual warfare, see, there is no battle I fought <clears throat> that I've not won. Because I don't go as myself. In fact, when I pray, sometimes, if people that are close to me, when I pray, I say things like this. You, you, you hear me say things like this. That in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I am praying. I am not praying in my name. I am praying in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You know what that means? That means I'm telling the enemy, I am telling the wicked one that hear me. I am not coming as myself. I am coming as Jesus. <laughs> and when you come as Jesus, victory is always guaranteed because Jesus will never win. I mean, will never lose. He will never lose. Even when he died on the cross and he was buried, the Bible says, for it was impossible for death to hold him down. Even death could not hold Christ down. So what is that thing that is holding you down in life? Come on, break it off right now. You are the son of the living God. For as many that have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Oh, are you getting blessed? Now look at how he now finished it. He said, verse 28, don't forget, he said, as many that have put, that have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Then he now says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, can you see? Can you? I hope you understand what, it, what, I, what, what I've been trying to say. Because now that you have put on Christ, there is no, therefore, no Jew nor Greek. There is no slave nor free. There is no male nor female. You know why there's none of those things? Because we have all put on Christ. So when God looks down at us, he does not see male, female. Or what he sees are Christ all over the place. Oh my God, I love this. You know what, what, you know what Paul is trying to say tonight? That as many of us <clears throat> that are gathered here online watching this broadcast, listening to me right now, from whatever part of the world of the continent that you're hearing me for, when God looks down on us, is not seeing a man, a woman here, a man there, a boy there, a girl there. You understand? Because we have all put on Christ. He's seen Christ everywhere. Glory to God. 
We are all Christ. For we all are the sons of the living God. I told you I can preach on that for a year. We are all sons of God. We have put on Christ. We have disappeared. Just like that man will disappear under the masculine. We have all disappeared under Christ. So when he looks at us, he doesn't see a man or a woman. That is why, see, you know, there are depths of revelation. There are some people who today, uh, yes, yes, Prophet Yvonne, I'm telling you the truth. There are people who today still believe that a woman should not preach. There are people who still say today that a woman should keep quiet in the church. A woman cannot be a pastor of the church. Glory to God. They still believe all of those things. And they believe all of those things because they look at, you know, they look at what Paul was sharing in Corinthians, you know, to the Corinthian church that, you know, a woman should sit down in the house of God, you know, should allow men to speak and all of that. But you see, there are depths of revelation. There are depths of revelation. People are still sitting at that, that's depth. You know, I said there are depths of revelation. People are still sitting at that depth of revelation of, oh, a woman should keep quiet. A woman should shut up. But when you hit this depth, can you see the difference? When you hit this depth of revelation by Paul, that there is therefore now no giving, I mean, no, no Jew, no Greek. There is no bond. There is no free man. There is no, there is no male. There is no female in Christ. You will realize that even that woman who is the pastor of that church, who is a bishop, he, oh my God, because she has put on Christ. When God looks at who is preaching or leading people, He does not see a woman. He sees Christ. Oh my God. <laughs> Or are you listening to me tonight? He said there is death on now. And I told her the reason why is because we have all disappeared under that Christ that we are wearing. We disappeared. You can't see us. When you look at us, you see Christ. So you don't see a man. You don't see a woman. You see Christ. So come on. Oh my God. Providence Yvonne, come on. Let's go deeper into the things of God. We need, there are deaths in God. We need to move in deeper. We need to move in deeper. In this part of Africa, there are preachers who still believe a woman should keep quiet in the house. Oh, come on. Come on. There are deaths in God. As many that have put on Christ and been baptized into Christ, they have put on Christ. They have disappeared into Christ. And because of that, there is no male. There is no female again. We are all. Oh, my God. Now, look at how Paul ends it. In verse 29, if this is where we're going to hang it on tonight, let's hang it there. But look at what Paul now says in verse 29. He says, and if you are Christ, he said, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. <sighs> oh my God. I can't, I can't, I can't go on. I can just, we, see, we need to stop right here. So that on Sunday morning, we just move from chapter 4. Look at what he says. He said, and if you are Christ. Now, don't forget where he's coming from. If you go back to verse 16 of Galatians chapter 3. He says, now to Abraham and his seed, where the promises made, and not to seeds. That means he's not speaking to so many people. He's just talking to a seed, one person. So, when God said to Abraham, in blessing I will bless you, he was talking to Abraham and his seed. Now, Paul had already established to us that the seed of Abraham is Christ. So, when God was making the promise to Abraham, he was making the promise to Abraham and Christ. Not to many people, but Christ. Abraham and Christ. Then Paul now began to take us to some depth that, see, when you are baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. In other words, you have disappeared. What we now see is Christ. 
So he's not saying that if you are now in Christ and God made the promise to Abraham and his seed, that means the promise that God made to Abraham is for you and I. Glory to God. So that song we sing in church is not just is not just for melody. It's not just for you know, <laughs> you know. In, in, in a lot of churches, that song has become a song that they use for offering. When they say offering time, blessing time, they say Abraham blessings are mine. Hey, Abraham blessings are mine. I am blessed in the morning. I am blessed in the evening. Eh? Abraham's blessings are mine. You know they do. They do all of that. It's just a song for offering. But listen to me. It's more than a song for offering. It's more than a song for offering. We are the seed of Abraham. And oh my God, are you following this? The promise that was made to Abraham was made to Abraham and his seed. Go back to verse 16. You will see what I'm saying. The promise was made to Abraham and his seed. His seed. Abraham and his seed. And the seed is Christ. And you and I have been baptized into Christ. We have now become Christ. And because we are now Christ all over the place, there is therefore now no male, no female. <laughs> Glory to God. There is no, there's no male, there is no female. We are now, we are now, we are now one in Christ Jesus. We are now, we are now Christ. Now, if we are all, if we are all been baptized into Christ, if we all are now Christ, then the promise that God made to Abraham and his seed is for you and I. You know what that means? <clears throat> God told Abraham, in blessing I will bless you. In multiplying I will multiply you. You know what that means? That means from you, for you and I, we can only be blessed. Oh, I was telling us on Sunday that we cannot be cursed. We are too blessed to be cursed. The curse had been taken away by Jesus Christ. You and I cannot be cursed. We cannot be cursed because God said to Abraham, in blessing I will bless you. In multiplying I will multiply you. Listen to me. We can only multiply. We cannot decrease. It can only get better for us. It cannot get worse. We can only keep going forward. We cannot go backward. Are you listening to me tonight? We are all Christ. The promise is unto Abraham and unto Christ. And you and I have been baptized into Christ. We have disappeared into Christ. We are now heirs of Abraham. We are heirs of Abraham. The promise made to Abraham and his seed is for you and I. In blessing, God will bless us. In multiplying, God will multiply you and I. You know, you know, you know, you know, he took that, he took that promise to a whole new level. You know what he said? He said, listen, I will not just bless you. He said, even those who bless you, I'm going to bless. Oh my God. That means if you bless me, come on, expect some level of blessings to come upon your life. When you bless me, when you make me happy, come on, expect God to make you happy. When God blesses you, I mean, when you, when, when you bless me, God will bless you back because that's a promise to Abraham. Then he went further. He said, I'm not just going to bless those who bless you. Those who curse you, I'm going to curse. Oh my God, I don't know about America, but in this part of the world, people believe in a, a particular type of prayer. You know what they call that prayer? They call it back to sender. That's what they call it. They call it back to sender. Hey, every curse of my father's out. Back to sender. Listen, you don't need to pray that prayer. The blessing of Abraham is already upon you. The blessing. See, I don't waste my time praying some kind of prayers. Are you following? I don't waste time. Praying some, because I have insight and I have understanding. I don't have time 
Some of you waste your time praying some kind of prayer back to sender. Every reply body planning evil. But see, I don't have time to pray that kind of prayer. There's a blessing upon my life. There's a blessing upon my life. It's called the blessing of Abraham. And what God said about the blessing of Abraham is those that bless you I will bless. And those that curse you, I'm going to curse. So if you dare curse me, come on. Come on, the curse is coming back. If you curse me, I don't even need to speak. I don't need to pray. It bounces back to you. It comes back to you. And you know what I love about God? You know what I love about God? As we round up tonight, shall I tell you? He said, give and it shall be given back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Come on, I wish I was in church tonight. I probably would have been dancing right now as I'm preaching. He said, give and it shall be given back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. That means when you give, it will come back to you. Then he first said, good measure. That means it's going to be a good measure then it will press it down good measure press down shaking together before it begins to run over you understand that is the process of god that means if you cost me oh my god the cost is coming back to you good measure press down shaking together and running over and when you bless me it's also coming back to you good measure press down shaking together and running over listen to me i can shout it right here that i'm blessed along with faithful labor I am blessed with faithful labor. Oh, come on, tap it on your screen. I am blessed with faithful labor. I am blessed, blessed in the city, blessed everywhere I go, blessed in America, blessed in Canada, blessed in Nigeria, blessed in Lagos, blessed in Kano, wherever I go, I am blessed. I am blessed with faithful labor. It does not matter what is going on in the world right now. I am blessed. COVID-19 cannot swallow my blessing. COVID-19, the pandemic cannot swallow my blessing. I am blessed. Come on, tap it on the screen. I am blessed. Come on, we already pray. We're already praying. Come on, type it on the screen. Open your mouth wherever you are. Begin to say it. I am blessed with faithful Abraham. In the name of Jesus, I am blessed. Wherever I go, I am blessed. Blessed in the city, blessed in the village. Wherever I go, wherever I go, I am blessed. Blessed with faithful Abraham. I'm the heir. I'm the heir of Abraham. I am that seed of Abraham. I am that seed of Abraham because my life is eating in Christ and Christ is in God. I am blessed. Blessed in the city. Come on begin to prophesy wherever you are I am blessed the pandemic cannot swallow up my blessing don't forget what I showed us on Sunday oh my god the blessing is greater than the curse the blessing will always swallow up the curse the blessing is so much more 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 come on open your mouth and say I'm blessed blessed beyond the curse blessed beyond the curse blessed beyond all ramification when others are saying there's a casting down I you and I we are saying there's a lifting up. We do not speak as the world speak. We do not fear their fear. We do not give the confederacy to what they give the confederacy to. We are more. We are more. We are the, oh my God, we are the sons of the living God. He's been established. You and I are the son of the living God. We are blessed in everything we do. We are blessed in our homes. We are blessed in our marriage. We are blessed in our job. We are blessed everywhere we go. We are blessed. We carry the blessing of Abraham. Come on, we are 
praying already. We are praying. I hope you are opening your mouth and you are praying wherever you are. We are blessed, blessed everywhere, blessed everywhere. It does not matter where we find ourselves. We are blessed. Joseph was in Potiphar's house as a slave boy. Come on, the blessing was upon him. Joseph was in the prison. Come on, he was blessed in the prison. It does not matter where you are. You are a servant. You are working under somebody, working for yourself. It does not matter. You are blessed. You, oh my God, I feel like dancing. You are blessed. We are blessed. Yes, prophetess. We are blessed. We are blessed. Blessed everywhere. Oh, come on, open your mouth. You have just one minute more. One minute more. Come on, prophesy. Prophesy. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Do not fear their fear. Don't listen to what they are saying about post COVID 19. That people are going to lose their jobs. Yes, they may lose their job, but not you. They will say that businesses will go down. That is them, not me. My business is going up. They are saying, oh, churches will close up. Members will disappear. Members will not ever come up. Your ministry is over. Come on. That's not me. Because the blessings of Abraham upon my life will not allow that to happen. I am blessed, blessed, so blessed, so blessed, so blessed, so blessed. Oh my God, I'm so blessed. You are blessed with faithful Abraham. That is who you are. Listen to me. That is who you are. Oh, you are blessed. Oh, you are blessed. Begin to round up your prayers now. Come on, begin to round up your prayers now. Oh, we are blessed. Blessed everywhere we go. Oh, come on, round up your prayers. I'm blessed everywhere I go. Oh, bless, bless, so bless. Hala barahan yasha. Ina mosuko toba bahama nakata labaha. Ina manoko shekere gere. Ina manamakoro bolosika. Ina nenekele borokoto lobonanegana. Lasota. Oh, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. I'm just so blessed. I am too blessed. Too blessed to be cursed. Too blessed to be stressed. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am the son of the living God. I am the son of the most high God. The blessing of God. God is upon my life. He's overflowing. That's the, oh my God. Look at what the psalmist said. He said, My God, the Lord anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Listen to me, friends. My cup is running over. I am blessed along with faithful Abraham. I'm the heir. I'm the heir of Abraham. I'm the seed of Abraham. I am blessed in Christ. I am blessed, blessed, blessed. So blessed I cannot be stranded. When you bless me, you're blessed. When you curse me, you are cause that is the promise to Abraham and I received that promise because I am in Christ. That message was from the stables of Love's Domain Family Assembly. Senior pastors are Pastor Banji and KG Oladipo. To reach this ministry send a mail to lovesdomainfamily at gmail.com. Remain blessed.